Welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast. I'm Logan Finney, joined today by producer Ruth Brown, and we'll be discussing the case around Gerald Pizzuto Jr., who has been on Idaho's death row for more than 35 years. A decision was made in his case late on Friday that addressed the constitutionality of Governor Brad Little's decision to deny his commutation recommendation that came from the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole. So, Ruth, to get us started, who is Gerald Pizzuto? Can you give us some background on his case? Sure. Uh, Gerald Pizzuto has been on Idaho's death row for the 1985 murders of Delbert and Berta Herndon. Um, He was fortunate enough to be granted a hearing by the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole. And in December, uh, the commission determined that they would recommend his sentence be commuted to life in prison uh, without the possibility of parole. That recommendation came in a four to three vote. Uh, And it was largely an act of mercy due to the fact that um, Mr. Pizzuto is terminally ill. He has terminal cancer, a heart condition, several ongoing medical issues. Uh, They made clear in the recommendation that they did not doubt his guilt. So they do believe Mr. Pizzuto is guilty, but it was an act of mercy. They also had some concerns with Mr. Pizzuto's intellectual abilities. Uh, It is illegal in the state of Idaho to execute a person who is developmentally disabled. There is a statutory line at what is considered, um, I suppose, legally developmentally disabled, but the commission did have concerns as well. So it was kind of twofold. Long and short, in a 4-3 vote, they did recommend uh, commutation. The governor, however, denied the recommendation. The governor denied the recommendation saying, quote, the severity of Pizzuto's brutal, senseless, and indiscriminate killing spree strongly warrants against commutation. So his attorneys wanted to fight that. Mr. Pizzuto's attorneys wanted to fight that. They felt that he, he, the governor, did not have the authority to deny what the um, commission recommended. And so at the federal level, we're somewhat familiar with things like presidential pardons, where the president will pardon someone of a federal crime. Um, But because murders are typically prosecuted by states, this is actually an instance of uh, Mr. Pizzuto's on death row at the state level. So it's the in in theory, it's the executive being the governor who has the ultimate say on giving up pardons, commutations and clemency and things like that. So what are the arguments in this case? that went before the Idaho County judge this month that specifically relates to the clemency power and the state constitution? It is a little complicated. Pazuto's attorneys argue that Governor Little did not have the authority per the Idaho constitution to deny the commission's recommendation. The governor arguably has the authority from Idaho code, but he does not theoretically have the authority from the Idaho constitution. The Constitution trumps any law the legislature may draft. Um, What makes this case kind of convoluted is there was a 1986 amendment to the state constitution that was approved by voters regarding commutations. That amendment approved by voters did not specify that they would be giving um, commutation power to the governor. The amendment was to give legislators the ability to regulate the commission's power Um, I think it's worth note, all seven commissioners are appointees of the governor. Uh, The attorney general's office would argue that the commission did not make that recommendation under the impression that they had final say. Uh, He would argue the commission did this knowing 
that the governor would make the final decision. So that makes it messy. But I think the Capitol habeas unit, which uh, of course is defending uh, Mr. Pizzuto as they do all death row cases, they would say the people of Idaho have not given the governor the power to quote, interfere in the commutation process. Uh, And they maintain that the court, the Idaho County Court, found that the governor acted illegally here. So I think the attorney general's office and the capital habeas unit could go back and forth on this all day. But largely the takeaway is that Idaho code says one thing. The Idaho Constitution says another thing. And second judicial district judge Jay Gaskell flat out wrote, in his uh, opinion that was released on Friday, that because the parole commission voted four to three to commute Pizzuto's sentences from death to life in prison without parole, that the Idaho constitution, I guess taking into account that the Idaho constitution does not provide the governor with the power of commutation, that means in his opinion, that the current state of Mr. Pizzuto's death sentences are illegal. Uh, And theoretically, the commission's recommendation was not a recommendation, that it it would have overturned the death sentences that he faces. So I think it'll be a long discussion. It'll definitely be appealed. It really gets into the weeds of legal definition. And it really gets into the weeds of the state constitution in a really interesting way, because we have this government board that is the Commission of Pardons and Parole, and Idaho, um, constitutionally, we have a lot of these weird boards that um, I think the land board is the most famous example of, where it's a group of various constitutional officers, a mix of the governor, the attorney general, secretary of state, superintendent of schools, etc., they make up a lot of these boards and configurations that were first set up during like territorial days or very early, early statehood. And then over time, we've amended the constitution to create things like the state tax commission that now sits as the board of equalization instead of those constitutional officers. This constitutional amendment created the commission of pardons and paroles that sits to consider these cases whereas it used to be a board made up of the governor and a few other officers. So it's almost as if the governor were the chair of the board and he had some authority to do things instead of, you know, on the commission's behalf in old days. Under statute, the legislature has, uh, for example, they changed the name of the commission. It used to be a board and now it's a commission. That's one of the uh, small changes, but the defense would argue that voters were not under the impression that the governor would have final say. Um, So as you referenced before, this is just one local district judge in Idaho County where the murders happened that has said to this. So the case is going to be appealed. Where is that likely to go next in the judicial system? That'll likely go to the Supreme Court. And the governor's office has made clear Judge Gaskell is only one person. Um, And they also made note that the state must have the ability to carry out a death penalty as ordered by the court in this case. Uh, So I think because they have found this discrepancy uh, or difference in the Idaho Constitution versus Idaho Code, this could potentially be 
problematic for not just Mr. Pizzuto's case, but for, but for future individuals who are granted commutation. This would repeatedly come up. So how they will fix that, I don't know. Um, the legislature could amend the statute, uh, amend the Constitution, which requires voter approval. That would also take a significant amount of time to get that done. So I, I, I don't know how they'll move forward, but um, the first step in the process is seeing what the higher court believes. I think um, it's agreeable that um, there is a difference in the language in the statute versus the language in the Constitution. So at some point, they may need to remedy that, depending on what the higher court said. And I can imagine some folks may say that this might be the case of an activist judge trying to get rid of the death penalty. How did Judge Gaskell characterize this decision? For the record, I have never heard uh, Judge Gaskell make any comment about whether he is for or against the death penalty. So that is not how I would characterize his opinion. I think he simply acknowledges that there is a discrepancy. His opinion said that when considering the ultimate penalty of death, this court will err on the side of caution regarding which entity has the ultimate say in whether the sentence of death should be commuted. He uh, wrote that the court will not issue a death warrant in this matter while there are appeals pending in the case. So the attorney general's office and the defense will need to remedy, I guess, his concerns before he will sign the death warrant. And it's notable that this isn't the only legal case that Mr. Pesuto's attorneys are involved in. What other appeals and challenges are going on? The Supreme Court did hear arguments regarding Zudo's case, I want to say on November 30th, I believe, and they have not issued an opinion yet. Um, that was a decision uh, in appeal, I suppose, regarding the execution methods that the Department of Correction planned to use should they execute Mr. Pizzuto or should they execute any of the inmates uh, on death row. There's also one federal case that is ongoing. Mr. Pizzuto also has a hearing on Thursday afternoon that I will be uh, watching, and that is in um, a post-conviction relief hearing that's out of Idaho County, and that'll be Judge Gaskill as well. So uh, there's a lot of balls in the air, and to my knowledge, no specific appeals regarding um, Judge Gaskill's Friday decision have been filed yet, but I would imagine they will within a matter of days. Idaho has a track record relating to execution drugs. You mentioned a little bit with IDOC's, uh, the challenge to IDOC's execution procedures. Is there any chance that the commutation was because the state isn't confident that they will be able to get the drugs that they need, the pharmaceuticals, to carry out the execution? No, the two were not connected. The responsibility of carrying out an execution falls on the Idaho Department of Correction. The commutation process goes through the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole. They are separate state agencies. They have separate budgets. And again, the commissioners, the seven commissioners that vote on whether to grant a commutation recommendation are appointed by the governor. They are not um, Department of Correction employees. So the two are co not connected. I have um, in recent history asked the Department of Correction, whether they are um, prepared, because of course in June, we thought Mr. Pizzuto's uh, execution was going to move forward. And I asked them about the execution uh, chemicals, drugs they plan to use, and um, they did not disclose that information. So I think 
defense attorneys and reporters alike who are concerned about where those chemicals are going uh, to come from, largely in part because it is getting harder and harder to obtain uh, chemicals used in lethal injection execution, uh, in part because you can't just have a doctor prescribe it. Doctors take a Hippocratic oath to do no harm, so they would not um, theoretically be able to legally prescribe a drug that they know is going to be used to end a human life. I could go on for hours about the um, the lawsuit that came out after Idaho executed uh, Mr. Rhodes and Mr. Levitt uh, regarding some of the un- unusual or um, unexpected ways that the Department of Correction obtained the chemicals used in those men's executions. Um, but I think what matters is that today we still uh, do not know where the Department of Correction obtained the chemicals it plans to use in Mr. Bizzuto's uh, execution. And I don't know that they tell the, the man on death row himself. And so there's questions around, should he know? Should, should he have the right to know what you're um, killing him with? But for now, uh, that's not an issue because the execution's been briefly stayed and uh, Judge Gaskill will not uh, sign a death warrant until appeals have finalized. I think, uh, if nothing else, this has bought uh, Mr. Pizzuto some time. We are recording this late on Tuesday. You will be covering the next hearing that's coming up on Thursday afternoon. We'll have all of those details on the Idaho Reports blog. Ruth Brown, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marcia Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.